Greetings, film fans. Welcome to the Big Reviewski, the brand new film podcast from Joe and her. My name is Owen Doherty, and just like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator, we said we'd be back, and here we are. Did we actually say last week that we'd be back? I think, I think so. we implied it, yeah. Okay, yeah. we definitely implied it. We were hoping for more than one episode. So they have actually greenlit this sequel. Um, I was going to call it uh, Too Big, Too Reviewski, but that's already been shot down by my... I thought they were my friends. This is Laura Holland, <laughs> Palmer, and Rory Cashin here as well. Uh, how are you all? Not very too good. bad. It's been Not a, it's bad been a uh, very <laughs> eventful week. Are you going to open up? Is this you personally? Or <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the film is, world? Like a, uh, no, yeah, it's been a very eventful week for this cinema for the Oscars and the Razzies we are we're going to get to uh, the Oscar nominations which were announced earlier this week uh, in just a little while but uh, we do have some very cool prizes that we're going to be giving away to again you've got to stop getting excited at that Roy <laughs> that is always always for the listeners and to everybody listening at home thanks for uh, you know tuning in and listening to episode one um, you can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at Big Reviewski and you can WhatsApp us on O. 87, I can read numbers, it's fine. 87 400 As we said last week, please do not send Rudy nudie pictures, no matter how sexy you do think you are. Rudy. Um, Rudy, Rudy nudie pictures. <laughs> we did, um, someone did leave us uh, a nice uh, voice memo, so thanks to oh. this person. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. say someone. Me too. Rudy. <laughs> there was no nudie pics, but they did say this. That big reviewski is the biggest load of shite I've ever heard. So thanks, <laughs> which is just a little bit uh, unfriendly, but thanks to uh, whoever it was that did send that in. Um, so, Roy, you mentioned the Oscar nominations. Uh, that <laughs> Sorry, was terrible, kind wasn't of it? Reeling from the voice message there. Uh, yeah, I did mention the uh, Oscars. Oscars, yes. Um, some kind of interesting uh, left out stuff there. Paul wrote a very interesting article on all the, the people who were snubbed. There is, and I suppose the biggest one would be McDonough after Three Billboards was. Pretty much heralded across the acting categories. You got Woody Harrelson and Rockwell in the sporting category. To no one's surprise, Frances McDormand's going up against her own Saoirse. We'll talk about that. And it got best screenplay, best picture, but no love for Martin. For Martin himself. The camera. And because he had picked up a, a couple of awards already, the Golden Globes there, uh, recently enough for uh, his directing. And it's kind of, it's strange because he had kind of pulled all those people together, got these brilliant performances out of them as well. And then it's just like, ah, now you're grand. You're Thank you for anything. your service, sir. Now <laughs> yeah. you may be released back into the world. Yeah, that's it. But uh, closer to the Oscars, uh, the show itself is going to be on Sunday, the 4th of March. Yes, sir. Uh, so hosted by Seth Meyers. So we will be discussing that in more detail. But uh, Paul, you mentioned there uh, some Irish interest. Obviously, Saoirse Ronan is up for her performance in Lady Bird. But uh, this is that time of year we're all claiming Daniel Day-Lewis again <laughs> he is ours but uh, yeah so Phantom Thread which will be coming out in Ireland in 2nd of February I think we're discussing it next week maybe yeah yeah, we will be chatting about that but obviously uh, even from uh, the trailers he's he's gone full Daniel Day-Lewis again he has but um, it doesn't seem like the character we'd seen him in like Gangs New York or uh, There Will Be Blood he seems much more uh, introvert very very like quiet and like not a huge actorly uh, there's no like scenes where he appears to be shouting at anyone <laughs> so I wonder if this is actually the the one that he won't win because we all know it's his last one why do you hate Daniel Day-Lewis why do you well, not want personal. him to win it's personal <laughs> I can't get into it here but uh, he played me once in a film and, oh, okay. and he was really good at it but yeah look, look we, we all know this is he's claimed this is his last ever uh 
acting thing so if he wins will it just be like ah it's his last one we do know that you did say that to Liam Neeson that that was his last action <laughs> film as well and he almost took your head off he wasn't a fan yeah so you're just <laughs> you're just stopping people's careers this is their last film because I say so because I, I, I've heard it because you told me so um, the Oscars as we said will be uh, coming out uh, in a few weeks uh uh, I was going to say, Paul, you were particularly grieved at uh, a severe lack of any nominations for, I think, was that your favourite film from last year? John Wick 2. John Wick 2. Yeah, just it, he should have won everything, like Best Actress for Keanu, just put him in there. <laughs> but uh, mentioning Saoirse, I think you take time out, because I actually had a look at this. Since its home, it was released in 07, she's actually, like at this ratio, she'll be up there with Streep. That's three nominations since 07 like that's incredible and saying against the likes of that's more than Matt Damon Tom Cruise Brad Pitt uh, for such a young actress it's remarkable and also another shout out for the Irish representation there we've got Cartoon Saloon with Breadwinner second nomination for them after uh, Secret of Kells and also Consolata Boyle who's on her third nomination she did the costumes for Victoria and Abdul. So plenty trace a magic number for the Irish there. Excellent. However, oh, Rory... Oh, <laughs> oh wait, there's more. Last week, Rory, you said that Francis could win the SAG over Saoirse or was the Oscars? I'm not sure which one you mentioned. I but, think the Oscars but, she will win, yeah. But then she did win the SAG award so you could be onto something there. But it's, it, it's the same thing. It's, it's that uh, Saoirse is fantastic in Lady Bird but uh, she doesn't have that real showy part where you like mm. and, and here's the clip and you show off her screaming yeah. her head and everybody goes oh my god that's an amazing actress. like everything's real real low key and whereas uh, we've all seen uh, three billboards right now and we see Frances is every scene she's in she's like torching the screen mm. so I think mm. that's why she'll win I thought what she said though in the, her um, her acceptance award were saying like younger actresses need this more than me yeah, it was lovely, that was quite yeah. nice yeah, yeah, that was nice for her. she does seem super duper sorry mm. as well now uh, getting on to films that are actually out in cinemas at the moment uh, we're going to take a quick look at the Irish box office um, so in at number 10 and this is dropping a couple of places this is all the money in the world as we said it was recast uh, or sorry Kevin Spacey's part was recast uh, with Christopher Plummer who got himself uh, a nod at the Oscars as well so obviously uh, Paul you got a chance to see this uh, he puts in uh, an excellent performance they might as well just rename it the Christopher Plummer show because right, he's actually now the oldest actor to ever receive a nod at the Academy Awards which is incredible 88 and he I think he came in two weeks to do reshoots and literally just stole the show it's his third nomination now in his career and as you mentioned before it's it's okay it's just okay it's, it's a bit all over the place at times and you get the sense that there's the three, three different actors acting in three different films Sort of Ridley Scott's continued mediocrity of his career now at this stage um, after Alien Covenant, but it, it it's fine. But as it, we mentioned last week, I'm really more holding out to hear the Getty story told through Danny Boyle's trust, which is coming out in later this year. It's grand. It's it's, and I think it's fairly well reflected in the fact that it only picked up one nomination. That is for Christopher Plummer, who was excellent throughout it. Okay, so number nine, Ferdinand and uh, Paul. Again, I don't know. This has knocked Star Wars out of the top <laughs> ten. So, like, People, I know we were saying you are obsessed with going to see Star Wars. Clearly, you didn't go enough last week because Ferdinand <laughs> has, has knocked it out. The bull that beats the Empire. And yeah. John Cena. 
just John Cena's a bull. <laughs> That's John it. Cena's a bull. Like I, it was number ten last week. It's number nine this week. So it's when it was up. when it was on number ten last week, I was like, ah, there's no point in any of us going to see it because we hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. It'll be out of the charts, and now it's going up. So we probably should go to see it I'll because take the next hit. week <laughs> you're a champion. <laughs> I'm going to love John Cena. Cinematic Samaritan, and we love you for it. I'm just going to okay. go see Star Wars again. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> number eight, uh, Insidious: The Last Key, uh, dropping fast enough. Uh, it was a new entry uh, last week. I'm Rory, you know, in terms of horror films, you said not not the greatest in the world. No, it's not a great start to 2018 horror. But again, uh, Paul wrote a fantastic article on the previews of all the horrors to look forward to this year, and a very strong year. Not off to a great start, but uh, yeah, there's some there's some really the, class the, ones coming up. Those guys at Bloomhouse, they just know how to make bank. They just they, they make, make a make film bank. for a fiver. And then just make an absolute fortune off yeah, the back yeah. of it. Geniuses. Uh, number seven is Darkest Hour. Now, Gary Oldman, again, picked up an award for his performance as Winston Churchill. And a couple of people have been complaining about this because they're like, they wanted to see more of Churchill's life, whereas this only concentrates on kind of a, a particular period uh, in his time. Uh, Gary Oldman, in an interview, he was like, I'm happy enough with it just being like a wee bit of it. I mean, he was like, <laughs> I'm fine just, you know, learning <laughs> as it's, little. It's what the about, script said to yeah. do, so... Exactly. Um, a lot of people, uh, Churchill was in the news quite quite a bit this week because lots of people uh, bringing up um, some of his past activities uh, as well. So um, he's in the news for various reasons, but uh, one of the main ones is Gary Oldman's performance in this. But Rory, you, you said he is great in it. Yeah, he is. And I'd say he's the one to beat. Like, he'd be the one, if anyone's going to beat Day-Lewis, it will be Gary Oldman in this. But again, it's it's kind of the same thing as All the Money in the World's a fantastic performance in a meh kind of film. Okay, so uh, number six, The Greatest Showman, which uh, even though the film has not been getting uh, a lot of love from people, they did get an Oscar nomination uh, for uh, Best Original Song, which you would expect because it's a film with gazillions of songs in it. Uh, <laughs> number five, Jumanji, welcome to the... But you, you know, if you were writing the songs in the film, you'd be snapping. If you were like, we put nine in ours and none of them got picked and up. And they're the La La Land songwriters. The boys as well. They're so. all over Spotify. Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Now, last week, Laura, you swore. Yes. You swore you were like, never. I'm not going to see the reboot. So what did you do this week, Laura? I caved. I caved. And uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really it's a enjoyed happy it. Cave-in. Yeah. So you were saying, uh, obviously, The Rock is in the majority of films. I'm sure he's in Darkest Star there somewhere as well, uh, along with Kevin Hart. And this is the reboot of uh, the much loved '90s. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those ones that people said, "Have you actually seen it in a few years? It hasn't aged well." But no. <laughs> I'm just going to no. Special effects have not aged well. <laughs> those animals did not those look good. No. But uh, yeah. in, in this reboot, you know, they've uh, updated it to a video game, mm. and uh, and. Jack Black is in there as well and Karen Allen and Kevin so Hart, yeah. uh, Kevin are you to Kevin Hart mm, Dwayne Karen Rock Gillen. Johnson Karen Gillen what I say Karen Allen Karen Allen from Superman uh, she might amazing. be but I, I don't she has I not aged well she makes, <laughs> she, she makes a cameo appearance so you saw it yes. and the verdict I stand by my comments about The Rock and Kevin Hart I don't think they're necessarily needed to make this movie um, having said that they are a nice addition Paul don't dig me in the arm <laughs> I'm saying nothing but uh, yeah I like the way they made the movie obviously about the board game but it being on uh, an actual like computer game um, very interesting 
actually laughed out loud, which is hard to do in a movie when you're trying to be critical. <laughs> well, you were um, saying you normally cry at films, so Oh, yeah, laughing. like, I'm full of emotion. <laughs> okay. Just, like, all the emojis. Um, but, no, I thought it was, like, thoroughly enjoyable, and I would recommend it for people that loved the old movie and want to relove it again. Excellent. Uh, number four uh, is the first of our new entries this week. It's The Commuter. Uh, as we said, we had Liam Neeson mm. uh, on the show last week. It seems like he's gone around to everybody's house and told them, go and see my film. With that voice. <laughs> With that voice. But, uh, yeah, you said, you know, kind of cheap kind of action. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's, mm. it's another one of those unknowns run all night bland action films that he's done that isn't taken or the grey which were actually pretty good why do you think he keeps ma- like does he love making this kind of film I think it just must be easy for him. like like he said himself um, you know he got into the action stuff very late in the day so he's probably just trying to make as many of these types of films as he can while he still can instead of like accidentally punching someone and breaking a hip when he's like ah 71 I can't do this <laughs> but uh, yeah like what Laura and I were discussing mm. It's fine, and then the ending, and then you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> For about <Okay>. 15 minutes. <laughs> ending, and even walking yeah. out trying to, like, you need math and, like, a graph paper and <laughs> okay. pens, and you're like, I still don't understand how we got here. So if you love maths and you love action, <laughs> go and see The Commuter. And hate trains. And hate yes. trains. Okay, fair enough. Uh, our other uh, new entry this week is The Post in at number three. Steven Spielberg's new film uh, about The Washington Post. And uh, one of our listeners actually got in touch because they saw the film. Is it the same listener from is, it's, not the, <laughs> it's not the angry person <laughs> the who's, been messaging, <laughs> who's been messaging us. Please stop sending us angry messages. Here's what they thought. Hey, this is Anna. So I went to see the post this week and I thought it was really good really enjoyable film lovely cast very Oscary but I wish the ending hadn't been wrapped up so neatly like I would have liked to see more of what went on in the Supreme Court maybe or just a little bit more drama towards the climax we are like more drama towards the climax but Rory Cashin <laughs> oh <laughs> we're going there are we it's a film and I'm talking about the film this is a family friendly podcast it everybody less of your not- Turning Go. the air blue, please. But uh, if Anna would like more complexity, I would recommend watching All the President's Men. Yeah, you were saying that last week in terms of a double bill of those two films. Um, I like Steven Spielberg is my <laughs> all-time favorite director, but I, I still felt like that this wasn't uh, that He's this wasn't him. your favorite film of all time. That's right. Yeah, in the Indiana Jones films. Oh, but yes. he not the, not the last one. Um, but he uh, this one feels like uh, it's just not him firing on all cylinders. Maybe it's like Liam Neeson. It's just like this is kind of easy for me now. I'll just yeah. phone Tom and phone Meryl, <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll get them to come in and make a, a really good film. And this is the thing, it's still definitely uh, worth going to see. Um, but uh, a number of people have been to see it this week. I was chatting to them and uh, the response has just been, you know, no, they mm-hmm. love this film. I thought it was kind of slow to get into first. There was quite a lot of different characters running about the place, doing stuff, stealing stuff. And then it came together, I think, about a, th- a fourth, a quarter of the way through. I can't do math. We can say fourth. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you didn't like the commuter. So much math in it. Um, and I just, I felt like it only really started going then and you really got behind the characters and towards the end then when the ending happened, you're able to go, okay, yeah, I have a resolution. Whereas up until that point, I was like, where is this going? What's going to happen? And you know what's happening in history, what you've learned in history. So you kind of know what's going to happen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Funny you mentioned Spielberg not far and uh, reflected he didn't get the Best Director nom as well which was a bit of a surprise and Hanks was omitted from Best Actor as well you would have thought sort of guaranteed chew and Meryl got her well it's Meryl she's just anything she makes she gets nominated for I think she has like a permanent reservation 
in the Oscars. She does. Yes. Yeah. Spot always for Meryl. Even if she hasn't released a film yeah. that year, she I still think, gets a nomination. Um, I think I have a, a thing on Meryl. Do you know when like singers have like that list they have for concerts? What's it called again? A writer. A writer. A writer, writer. Yeah. I think I know what Meryl's writer is for movies. Okay. She must have a pair of glasses in her hand at all time. She always has a set of glasses in her hand. I think she just has bad eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> all her characters have bad eyesight. I think that's a medical condition. But I, she uses them in a certain way that she's like, hmm, okay, if nobody can see me, I'm putting this up against my lip. Laura is like, acting mm, as Meryl Streep. Do you know, she's, why can't it be a pen, Meryl? Okay, so a pen. She wouldn't be able to see as well. But uh, <laughs> it, it does, as I said last week, it really strikes me as kind of six noms, no win type film. That's my own impression anyway. Yeah, yeah I would I would still highly recommend going to see it. Yep. It is a very enjoyable film. Um, number two this week uh, was last week's number one, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And again, someone got in touch to let us know what they thought of the film. This is uh, Michael Flannery here for the big review ski. Um, I went to see Three Billboards, thought it was one of the best films I've seen in the cinema in a long time. And the three main leads were just brilliant. agree with everything Paul said about Sam Rockwell. He is one of the best actors around at the minute. Uh, just makes everything so watchable. Like... That scene at the end of Seven Psychopaths when he's acting out his screenplay, it's just class. And how he didn't get nominated for Moon, I don't know, but brilliant performance. One thing, I read one of the articles on the site, Paul mentioned that he doesn't really like Juno. I'm just wondering what the reason behind that is. I think it's pretty good and it's got Jason Bateman, so why would you not like it? But anyway, keep up the good work. He's your biggest fan, <laughs> Michael. There, we should, we should have him on the show. He has a very <laughs> relaxing voice. Say, <laughs> he could like be a meditation person. It was just like I agree with everything he said. <laughs> <laughs> Roy just dozing off there in the corner. But uh, as I'm, he as he said there, Paul, he agrees with you. Like absolutely worships the ground that Sam Rockwell acts on. And I'll first address the Juno thing. I the just Juno thing. Juno yeah. I, He's calling you out. This was before the backlash to Juno. I just didn't buy that any teenager in the world would have that too cool for school, everything's chill reaction to being found pregnant. And this this like I could believe like Jurassic Park that dinosaurs are brought back in. <laughs> but I just and the parents were just so blase about it. Bateman in it though is a brilliant dickhead. He is a class he is class in that film. And Alison Janey, I watch her in anything. But no, I just something about it was a bit too self-knowing but as for Rockwell yeah fully agree um, not surprising to see him and delighted actually more for Woody Harrelson in such a such sort of like a low-key performance in that in that film um, ever since, I think anyone I've met who's seen Three Billboards has been sort of glowing about it and unfortunate for McDonough that he can get picked up but he will walk home unguaranteed with an Oscar it'll win best screenplay that's guaranteed as for film it'll be curious with The Shape of Water coming getting a lot of momentum but it's as we said last week, everyone should go see it. Yeah, no, I think the, the four of us uh, haven't seen Three Billboards. Uh, we all enjoyed it, all really enjoyed it. And uh, there has been uh, an overwhelmingly positive reaction to it. There has been a little bit of criticism in terms of McDonough's script. And, yeah, they're calling uh, it the new, the new Crash. The New Crash? I, yeah. I think that's harsh, isn't that's it? That's very harsh. Yeah, but the whole kind of, it's got a message, but it doesn't really know what the message is. But Crash is like 10 messages. <laughs> yeah, but they're all racist red messages. <laughs> yeah. This so, is true. Yeah, I think that's kind of what they were going for. Um, yeah, there's there's an odd backlash to it where some people are just making very valid arguments that I disagree with. But yeah, like it is an interesting uh, topic at the moment. 
Yeah, but no, definitely uh, worth going to see. And do let us know what you think of the film as well and what you think of just Paul in general, because Michael's <laughs> obsessed with him. Yeah, more. I'd like more uh, Paul opinions. Oh, more Paul opinions. Paul, <laughs> yeah. Slating, slating my work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul. <laughs> yeah. You, you can fill a show for hours. No. So number I think he's appalling. Oh. Okay, okay. I think go back to the dirty jokes. <laughs> they were better than those bad jokes. Uh, so number one in the Irish box office this week. Uh, no surprise to see Coco there, the latest film from Pixar. And you can listen to us talk about it, or again, Laura, how much mm-hmm. uh, you enjoyed it yes. and got upset at it as well. But time. Rory, you actually had a chance to catch up with the director, Lee Unkrick. Yes. And Darla K. Anderson. The producer, Do you yes. Have to say K all the time? I, uh, there must be another Darla Anderson. <laughs> that's, that's why that's they have to stick the K in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I spoke to them just after the Golden Globes win, but just before the Oscar nominations. But I, you know, I congratulated them in advance of, you know, definitely getting that nomination. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to speak to two of because they'd won the Oscars before for Toy Story three, um, and they are integral to Pixar, which is one of the biggest uh, money makers and Oscar winners in the world. So they're very interesting people to talk to. Okay, well, this is uh, Roy's chat with, uh, as we said, director Leon Craig and producer Darla K. Anderson of Coco, the number one film in Ireland at the minute. Lee and Darla, how are you both keeping today? We're yeah. Great, thank you. Uh, congratulations on the movie. Thank congratulations you. on the Golden Globe. Thanks. Uh, I will preempt congratulations on an Oscar nomination. Uh, how do you both feel about the reaction that the movie has gotten so far? Oh, it's great. We're very excited, uh, overwhelmed, honestly, with how people are embracing it worldwide, but especially in Mexico. Yeah. Um, that, that really uh, meant a lot to us. Yeah, didn't it, it has the highest grossing uh, movie of all time. In of Mexico, all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of all movies, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. quite remarkable. And we've done amazingly well in China, interestingly enough. Mm. Uh, this is kind of a, a departure, I think, for Pixar, because normally you associate more musical movies with the Disney brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this, it's taking on... It's not a musical, but there's obviously a lot of music in it. It's like part of the, the core of the movie. Was mm-hmm. that a purposeful kind of artistic thing you want to do? You're like, I want, we want to try something brand new with this one? Yeah. I mean, very early on, we did toy with the idea of doing a full-on musical. But it became clear to us that um, this movie wanted to be something a little different. And, um, and I really wanted... One of my goals was to embrace as much of the rich musical landscape of Mexico as I could. And that meant having a lot of source music and kind of traditional songs and um, in addition to new original songs that we wanted to write. Um, but we, we did always envision it as being a really music-filled movie. Um, I, I look to uh, the Coen Brothers film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Nice. As a model of a film that um, was just steeped in music. You, almost, you can't separate music from the movie. The music is part of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something kind of along the same lines with Coco. Uh, there is a scene in this film that I personally think is sadder than uh, the ending of Toy Story 3 or the start of Up. I'm not going to ruin it <laughs> for anyone watching the interview, but I was in absolute tears watching it. Mm-hmm. At what point in the development of the film do you, do you know, oh, this is the scene that people are going to be talking about? Uh, when it comes to that kind of reaction? Well, assuming you're talking about the scene toward the end of the film. Y- yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Even talking about it. That was a scene that we... There was a scene that we came up with pretty early on, mm-hmm. and it, it actually didn't change all that much in the years that we spent developing the rest of the story. A lot of the rest of the story changed quite a bit, but that scene at the end we had pretty early on. And it's always good to have a strong emotional ending. Yeah. A lot of times 
people have good stories, but then they don't quite know how to stick the landing at the end. Sure. And it's always helpful to have your ending and then figure out the best way to paint towards that ending. Uh, just out of curiosity, which non-Pixar movie do you think has the saddest moment? Like, which which film do you think is like a, will make you cry on cue almost because it has that emotional resonance for you? Uh, Lee? Well, for me, <laughs> it's like two semi-recent films that I found super emotional were um, Terrence Malick's film, The Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there was a movie about, uh, called The Impossible about a, a tsunami uh, uh, that I just found watched, like, super yeah. affecting. Because I think because I've got kids myself and, yeah. and it was just a pretty harrowing thing to sit through. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank right now because I... This you cried point, everything. Yeah. At this, <laughs> I was going to say, at this point in time, uh, the, pretty much every film brings me to tears. <laughs> well, there, again, there's a part in this film uh, which deals with, well, obviously, Mex- uh, the, the history uh, of Mexico, and uh, it involves uh, certain people crossing a border. Uh, do you find, because uh, this film has been in production since 2010, 2011? 11, yeah. uh, which is obviously predates the current political climate. Was mm-hmm. that something you were very aware of the closer you were getting to the kind of release date for the film, uh, having something that could be read into so politically? Well, we were never trying to make a political statement with the film. We were trying to celebrate Mexico and the beauty of the country, the people, the traditions, and... Um, and that goal stayed what it was even after things started to change politically in the U.S. Um, but if anything, it made us uh, feel that much more emboldened to get the movie out into the world and to, uh, and to really make sure that we shared this, this, you know, this, what we hoped was a beautiful yeah. depiction of Mexico and, and, uh, and Mexican traditions with the rest of the world. Uh, because we we know full well the power of storytelling and uh, the impact that our stories can have since they do go out to the entire world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we, we've all f- always felt that uh, well, when you tell a story well, um, it creates empathy in the audience. And uh, we hoped that we would be reaching out to people that um, maybe um, weren't educated about Mexico and didn't really understand that these are people that are very much like ourselves and uh, who have very beautiful traditions and and uh, have very strong feelings of love about their families. And those are all ideas that I think everyone around the world shares. Yeah, and so even though we were well into the making of the film, you know, uh, we were wanting to be a, uh, just a positive contributor to the conversation. We are, I think, 22, 23 years now since the first Toy Story. Um, 19 films, Coco's the 19th film. Uh, eight Golden Globe wins now for, for Pixar. How do you keep things uh, original and invigorated in the, in the company like to, to make sure you don't just you know, rest in your laurels and go, ah, it'll be fine, it'll make money? Like, how do you continue to uh, you know, create and keep interested in the stuff that you're working on? Well, I think we never assume that what we make is going to make money or is going to be uh, good. Uh, every time we start a new movie, whether it's an original story or a sequel, um, you know, we're really frightened. <laughs> you know, we, we want it to Properly. work. <laughs> and um, and, it, and it's a very difficult process, no matter what you're doing. Um, it's not easy. It's not, you, we don't push a button and spit out a movie. It's it's years of hard work on the part of hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we're grateful that Coco's doing really well. But to be honest, the whole time we were making it, we didn't know. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. We didn't know whether it was going to be embraced. 
by, you know, by the people of Mexico or the Latino community or just, you know, viewers around the world. So the fact that it's worked out and mm -hmm. is, has been so beautifully embraced uh, makes us so happy, but we never uh, took it for granted. A very final question. <clears throat> you've been to the future. You've been to the bottom of the ocean. You've been all over the world. When are you coming to Ireland? When are we getting an Irish Pixar movie? <laughs> I guess we were close with Brave, we were not very quite close, close enough. Enough. It was quite yeah. close, but... You have such brilliant filmmakers here. That's true. <laughs> so, um, you yeah, never know. Tom Moore's been keeping that pretty well covered. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch yeah. this space, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Lee and Darla, thank you so thank much. You. That was great. They seemed lovely. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You don't sound convinced. No, they were. They were. I, uh, yeah, like, I, <laughs> like, there's obviously some issues at Pixar at the moment with, uh -huh. with Mr. Lasseter and all. But, uh, yeah, there was. Uh, and, and then there's obviously the film is set in Mexico and America has uh, issues with Mexico. Well, it's not America in general. Yeah, um, America in general. It might be one, <laughs> one, one particular person. Yeah, has issues. Uh, has issues in Mexico. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of background noise around what should be just a fun kids film about death. <laughs> well, I like that. They need to put that on the poster. This is just a fun kids film about death. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But, uh, yeah, I'd say he says, Lee, uh, the director there, mentions they've been, or it's been in production or planning since around 2011. And that's mm. the thing with the... Pixar and, and the animated films is such a long process involved and they're probably they're starting out and everything seems fine this is great uh, and then obviously Trump got into power and then uh, as you said made those comments about Mexicans and building the wall and then the closer it gets to release they're probably just like what is he doing uh, yeah like there, going on? They had, there was a film that they had to c cancel outright uh, a few years ago um, for far less political reason it was called Noose and it was about the final like newt like a n-e-w-t that's the one okay. um it was like the final male newt in the world uh of this particular breed and then, then they discovered there was actually one more female and they were trying to force the two of them to uh like zoologists were trying to make them to mate, mate. so they could have yeah. uh, baby newts <laughs> and it turns out that's the exact plot of rio the oh right okay and oh, they, were, they were like really close to finishing uh, like beginning proper final production on yeah. Newton then you're like oh so that's, like it's in the little film. tiny rodent slash frog it's like a wee lizardy type yeah. thing yeah but yeah. a real live action or was it animation the first no, it one no would have been another Pixar one yeah Carol was uh. thinking it was hopefully a spin off from Aliens with Ripley's daughter <laughs> that would have been good well, yeah, that's not her daughter though that's Newt, just the girl she the adopted, finds the adopted daughter adopted daughter okay, <laughs> the, okay. the girl she finds <laughs> she, she just finds the girl they mostly mostly so anyway uh, yeah join us next week for more interviews so we're going to have uh, Fiddy Cent and Jer Butler no, who 50, are be, 50 Cent is it not pronounced Fiddy can't say Fiddy okay no, I was told that actually <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've got a little story next week for okay. the le like just what happened right before I went to interview Fifty Cent. Looking forward to that. Uh, so the new releases that are coming out uh, this week in Irish cinemas, we've already made uh, some recommendations of films you can go and see. Uh, go and see at the moment. Um, but uh, one of the main releases, which is actually already out, uh, was released uh, on Wednesday, twenty fourth of January, is Downsizing, the new film from Matt Damon and uh, Laura. You had a chance to see this. I did, and I was very excited about it for the trailer. I think I even said it before it came out um, as one of the ones 
I was intrigued by but oh it was such a letdown <laughs> well hold on because uh, what what's like downsizing is obviously in relation to what happens yeah. in the film itself uh, we actually have a little clip here and uh, this is uh, Matt Damon and Jason Sudeikis having a wee chat downsizing takes the pressure right off plus you're really making a difference you mean all that crap about saving the planet yeah Downsizing is about saving yourself. We live like kings. Got best houses, best restaurants, Cheesecake Factory. Got three of them. In Leisure Land, your $52,000 translates to $12.5 million to live on for life. <sighs> wow. Yeah, so it's basically about these scientists coming together to uh, help the situation in the world where um, overpopulation is just rampant. Um, so they make people little small people. So you get like literally shrunken down to a minute size and in this new world everything you own is like so much better. So a dollar is like a million dollars. So you've left your like moderate home to get a mansion. And the lead actor Matt Damon goes to that new world um, but along the way things happen and then he meets people and somewhere along the way the story gets completely twisted and it's insane. You see, as you said, because the trailer looked great. It's mm. a funny trailer. It's a really interesting premise as well. Great yeah. And as well. so yeah. many uh, visual gags uh, in it as yeah. well, even even in the, the kind of the couple of minutes of the trailer. So uh, I, and you got Christoph Waltz in there I as know, well. I Kristen Wiig and Paul Sudeikis but like I actually think there's one point in the movie you can see Matt Damon his eyes are just glazed over and he's literally like what have I got myself into <laughs> I'm positive I've seen it like and oh, and I also can see why some of the main characters aren't there for very long because they might have been like please just write me out please just write me out <laughs> Okay okay. Um, Matt Damon again you know been in the news recently as well he came out most uh, recently and just kind of said I'm basically going to start keeping my mouth shut uh, about things anyway which coincidentally uh, is uh, around the same time that he would need to do press for downsizing as well so <laughs> so maybe that was tied in there as well so but I'm, I'm still intrigued about going to see it like would you recommend it? I think people need to see it to see the absurdity it, it the movie no longer means anything about being small they just kind of drop in things that remind you that the people right, are small okay, okay. so while, while it has one meaning at the start it goes on such a tangent that there's different meanings that you're like should I be picking up on that or is it because they're small so gotcha. I don't want to give too much away but it just it goes in such a way that you, you could never expect it and so I think it, a good way? no I think it loses its meaning and loses its plot focus Right. I heard it's already like one of the biggest box office flops of the year. Yeah, it's spent like six to eight million and it's only taken in 32 or something in the yeah. States. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of For money. For comedy. And they're probably wishing they could just transfer it into that downside. Exactly. And just make a whole lot more. Um, yeah. Another big release uh, out this week is from the geniuses at Ardman Productions. It's Early Man. Uh, and we've got a little clip right here. In the beginning, the world was a scary place. Except for one peaceful valley. Just a little bit more, Hubnub. Meet Doug's tribe. They rocked <laughs> the Stone Age. A rabbit! But a new age is dawning. The edge of stone is over. Attack! Long live the edge of bronze. From Nick Park, the creator of Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. 
comes an epic new world. Sliced bread, that's the best thing since... Well, ever. <laughs> <laughs> what a clip. Love those clips. Um, but Rory, yeah, you had a look at this. Yes, I did. Uh, it is another fantastic Aardman uh, production. The, the, the problem with the clips from, from Aardman is that a lot of their jokes are so visual that you can't get across just how funny they are. Uh, because they did like Shaun the Sheep, which is a film that had no... It's basically a silent movie. Yeah. ...whatsoever, but was still hilarious. This one is... Cavemen who discovered that there's actually uh, Bronze Age men and the two of them go to war over a particular patch of land, but instead of war, war like we know it, they play soccer. Right. That's it. Hmm. And Roy, you're not the biggest uh, sportsing fan, sportsing fan I'm not in the a world. Fan, but it, this, they, this is really, really funny. They had um, Benedict Cumberbatch is doing the voice of the really nasty villain. Eddie Redmayne uh, makes a fool of himself in a good way as the lead and Game of Thrones Maisie Williams is the kind of like kick-ass female like it is it is very funny uh, kids will love it fantastic visual jokes um, outside of England I don't know mm. like it, there's a massive love for that Wallace and Gromit type humour over there but I don't know if this stuff sells in America at all yeah, I don't care about America. I'm going to see it anyway. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm a massive fan of Wallace and Gromit, but also uh, the Curse of the Were Rabbit, which mm. uh, is just such a, it's just an unbelievably funny film uh, as well. One of their other uh, feature films, but uh, Early Man, that's uh, out this weekend. Um, now, Maze Runner: The Death Cure, another brand new release this week uh, again. And we were talking about Insidious and kind of being on the 37th film in that franchise but yep. Maze Runner is like where 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 are we now with the Maze Runner because there was a whole with spate of young adult kind of dystopian <laughs> oh my god it's the end of the world and the only people left are all these sexy people <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah all these attractive teenagers <laughs> yeah but that's it I can handle Thomas he'll show up eventually that's what I'm afraid of they took you because you're immune to a plague that's wiping out the human race. They think you're worth sacrificing to find a cure. They'll never stop. We're going to stop them. So, like, what, uh, like, where are we with Maze Runner then? Okay, so, very quickly, yes or no, right? Have okay. you, have you, oh, seen, the, have you seen the Hunger Games? Yes. Yes. Twilight? Yes. yes. Three of the four in di- Divergence because they just stopped making them. No, yes. The yes. Way no. I, I, they look like the same film. Yeah. <laughs> over yeah, and over. Divergent, Insurgent, Detergent. 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 Yeah. 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 Harry Potter? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. And we come down. Percy Jackson? Yeah, mm. I remember the Percy the Jackson first films. Half hour, you know how many there were? There were two. Three, I think. Three? There, there three. were three. <laughs> yeah. Aragon? No. Oh, no. God, no. Do Good luck to it. Yeah. Which was Dragon with an E. In case people didn't figure that out, just the one that dragon with an E. The yeah. fifth wave, no, not at all. With uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, not no. no. The mortal instruments no. with our own right Robbie to Sheen. That. <laughs> well, no. So these were all like just a, a spate of them around the same time. Yeah, there's uh, beautiful creatures, the uh, the seeker, the giver, the you vampire academies. Invent films now, Rory. Yeah. Uh, these yeah. don't exist. If I was inventing films, I wouldn't be inventing these films. But like. That's what the problem was with the with the Maze Runners. It got so lost with uh, with the young adults adaptation stuff. Um, fair play to them for for finishing it because the poor lead guy, um, this is not a joke. He was he was really badly injured in a stunt making this film, and he was out of action. 
uh, and in a coma, I think, for like six months. Jesus. So they did eventually get around to finishing it. And it, it is finished and it was a big explosion, uh, which is great. But I was sat there watching it and I hadn't recently watched the second one, which is called The Scorch Trials. Um, and if you haven't recently watched it, this is an unpleasant film to watch because for the entire thing, I was like, what? Why? Who's he? And why, why, why is she why, saying... I thought, why? I thought it was a maze. How has this got to do with what's on, what I'm looking at now? And it was just... It's just sad because Walter Goggins is in it and um, Patricia uh, Clarkson is in it. Aidan Gillen is in it. Um, How was Aidan? I know, how is his facial expressions? It's the facial expressions. Oh, it's, oh it's, those it's facial expressions. Yeah, it's always, where's your accent going to be in this scene? Where are you from now? I don't trust people who talk from the side of their mouth. He does that a lot. <laughs> yeah. He does that a lot. There's something up with him. Him and Meryl. Eyes narrowing. <laughs> uh, and then that, uh, what's that actor's name with the eyebrows? <laughs> with the, <laughs> the young lad. Cardella <laughs> eyebrows. Oh, Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Will Poulter, oh, yeah, yeah. He does it, have it, big eyebrows. He's, he's excellent. excellent. He's got like, like evil eyebrows mm. but he's a lovely he's upside a lovely down these but uh, yeah like uh, the cast is fantastic and then the film the film just doesn't happen just doesn't, uh, okay so <laughs> in terms in terms of the new releases you've got Downsize and Early Man Maze Runner if people are going to and they've already caught up on everything else and they're going to go to the cinema this weekend it seems like the, the obvious choice is Early Man <laughs> Maze Runner <laughs> <laughs> Early Man all it's the kind way. of slim pickings isn't it there yeah. well, there, Early Man. there are a couple of other releases this weekend they both have an American military theme now uh, whenever uh, films are being released in Ireland they normally have press screenings and preview screenings that you can go along and see them but these next two uh, don't actually they they get them in the UK but we don't get them over here because we're because we're That's clearly just forgotten about <laughs> in Ireland. But those two films are Twelve Strong, which is the new Chris Hemsworth uh, film. Chris Hemsworth on a horse in, in Chris the Hemsworth, Iraqi Chris Hemsworth. I haven't seen the first eleven Strong films, so I don't know if I'll be going to see this one. Strong, though. Very very strong. In fairness, is Michael Shannon as well? And I trust he Michael Shannon. Yeah. Michael, Michael Shannon and is Michael Pena. Again, some of the uh, the early criticism coming out uh, about Twelve Strong is that uh, too many Michaels. <laughs> too many Michaels, yeah, exactly. But the, they've taken liberties with some uh, some historical so it's, accuracy. Uh, there's there. only eleven strong. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's a bit of dispute around the how strong the, the, the strong were. Strong, yeah, the Isn't uh, Bruckheimer producing this one? I think very possibly. USA, USA. <laughs> the other film, uh, speaking of USA, USA, is uh, Last Flag Flying, which again an unbelievable cast. You have yeah. Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, and Lawrence Fishburne as three ex army vets uh, who served together in Vietnam. And it's Richard Linklater. Richard Linklater. And Richard yeah, yeah. Linklater, uh, yeah, the director, director who, for my money, rarely makes a bad film. Like even I think everyone wants him was one that just didn't resonate, but I, I still enjoyed even it. Even his bad ones are like interesting. Yeah, yeah. And he did like Boyhood and the Before Sunset Trilogy, so. Awaken Life, School of Rock, uh, Days Confused. It could be great. Just a really we interesting, uh, really interesting director. And again, when you have acting kind of <laughs> royalty like Brian Cranston Steve Carell and, uh, and Lawrence Fishburne in there uh, that definitely sounds like it's worth going to see as well um, okay so as well as the brand new films that are out in cinemas at the moment uh, in case you can't make it along uh, to your local multiplex uh, we are going to be making some recommendations each week that you can sit at home and watch uh, on the sofa or and I'm just on the bus just on the phone <laughs> I'm just watching them on the phone uh, but Laura this week you were uh, picking out mm-hmm. a film that's very close to your heart uh, that's coming up this week yeah, so I wanted to go with something really meaningful because obviously it's Sam Heath Ledger's 10-year anniversary of his death, but nobody's showing anything from his... Okay, character, missed right? opportunity there, TV people. So then I went on the next kind of search for what turned an anniversary this week. Oh my God. 
Um, what is it, Spice World? Yes, but I have not chosen that one. Uh, because Spice I thought World I might, is a backup option. I thought I'd get in trouble. So what? what? Spice what? World is okay. however many years old it is now. 20. And it's amazing. 20 years yes. old? I just <gasps> felt that I would be like, okay, no, get out. So I like that film. <laughs> <laughs> I went for another movie that's also, it's turning 10 years this year. And when I went to check on the telebox when it was coming up, it was there. So I was thinking it was a sign. So it is Step Brothers. Amazing. Ah, solid. So, so it's on tonight, Thursday, um, at 9pm on TV3. And I feel like Will Ferrell is, gets a bad rep sometimes, but this is one of his finer movies. And I personally love him, but I think he's a bit marmitey. Are we feeling that? I will. I will. <laughs> Anybody who says, oh, here we I'll go. I'll defend Will Ferrell. I, yeah, like okay. so will I. Fend so him, will I. But he does do that kind of same character he does. a lot but, uh, but he's really good at it definitely and him with John C. Riley and this are just exceptional and the one liners from it I still use this day I won't so repeat them now so many <laughs> um, and it's just fantastic it's brilliant viewing so Step Brothers if you haven't seen it what are you doing with your life you need to revise those <laughs> life check choices check yourself definitely oh, but, if, uh, you, if you have seen it another fantastic Paul article he, he did like a difficult quiz Oh, on Step Brothers, yeah. you give oh. me a look there like you hadn't tonight. My, my, my heart dropped. I was I'm like, very skeptical. <laughs> I get praised. It was it was a different poll. Yeah. It was uh, a different poll. And also, one other thing is, I actually talked to Adam McKay, the director, not so long ago, and he told All right, me, show off. Mm-hmm, you know, one of my friends, um, he told me that he's planning another movie with the two of them, but it wouldn't be a Step Brothers two. It's going to be what he said was two men defeating their country boundary. So I was thinking like, okay, probably mightn't happen now after, you know, Trump and everything. Yeah. But um It's just ruined everything. Everything. Um so that could be interesting on the horizon. No, um, definitely. Anything that those lads do together. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock They're doing Holmes a comedy version of that well. coming up soon this year. I think it's released uh, I think late November, December. I think I it's scheduled. So. Whenever so. they were making that, they went on secret trips to Ireland, they had said, because they were <gasps> filming it uh, over in the UK. Um, but yeah, no, Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Reilly, two absolute gentlemen and uh, and just a cracker of a film. So, Step Brothers, watch yes, it this week. definitely. Now, um, last week, as we said, we had some tickets to give away to uh, an Irish premiere screening of Den of Thieves, which we will be talking uh, about in more detail. And I know this is the real reason that everybody has tuned in. It's High Clues. The High Clues are here. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> That was unplanned. Did you all just do that? <laughs> I love the High Clues. That's, uh, everybody That's is terrible. very excited. So... Um, you know, when you put, to, you know, like basically a high clue, as we were saying last week, it's a riddle it, and you basically have to guess the film from the clues. Um, you know, whenever, you, whenever you know, we were starting the podcast last week, we didn't know what the response would be like. And this is amazing because actually nobody got in touch with the answer. Not <laughs> one person entered this competition. I, I believe it's not because they hate you. I think it's okay, because thanks, they, they didn't understand. What? How can you not? I think they it's could... the syllable thing. The five, the seven, the five, or five, I'm whatever. I'm force this until it works, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so you people just keep whooping, all right? <laughs> so basically, uh, our high clue from last Last week was a colourful surname, American David Brent, Andy Dufresne guests. And Laura, I see you're actually counting up the syllables there yeah. in your hand. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of that's the kind of dedication we're looking for when it comes <laughs> to high clues here. Um, but basically, the answer to that one: colourful surname, American David Brent, Andy Dufresne guests was Burgundy, Steve Carell, and 
Uh, what was the last one? Tim Robbins. Tim yeah. Robbins, Andy yes. Dufresne so guests. Anchorman. Anchorman. Yeah. So, speaking of Will Ferrell. Um, yeah, so I thought that one, yeah, grand. So, if nobody wants those free tickets, <laughs> that's fine. But we're actually giving them away uh, again this week. Yes. <laughs> they're just sitting there. Like, a pair of free tickets to see uh, Den of Thieves. But this Which week's Which I've seen and is good, yeah, by the way. I know. Another recommendation. 50 cent, though. So, like, but there's Sorry. other people in it. Mm. Who aren't <laughs> So it's fine. You don't have to watch him throughout. Mm. Um, so uh, this week, I've written a brand new haiku, Woo-hoo. but I'm going to give you guys an example of one first of all. Okay. 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 So uh, just so ever, everyone can get down. So you got your, you got your, oh, you yes, can yes, scribble yes. down these answers here. Okay. <sighs> Hit me. Okay. So <laughs> believe it or not. Habit. Habit. What? Don't be dickheads <laughs> about it. All right. <laughs> believe it or not. Tom makes a dick of himself. Directors dead good. Believe it or not, Tom makes a dick of himself. Directors dead good. And just oh, I was off. I was off too. And then just a word in that middle line. Tom makes a dick of himself. That's a capital D, as in Dick the name. Thank you. Oh. Um, oh what are you thinking? Like you know, believe it or not. When, Tom you, makes said, a dick. when you said, uh, believe it or not, I thought you were going to say. It was Ripley's, Ripley's believe it or not. Too. So it was Alien. Yeah. Okay, okay. But now my pen isn't working. Tom makes a dick of himself and the can, final line was... Can I... Thank you. Director's dead good. Oh, is it... Uh, no, it's not... You went for... Paul went for Minority I Report. Thought, yeah. Oh, Rory got it! Oh. Excellent, I, you guessed correctly. I thought Tom makes a dick of himself. Tom Cruise, private dick, I thought. De- detective alright oh, yeah, That's yeah okay. I, I like the logic I'm liking, yeah. I'm liking following where all your logic our, yeah. our logic lines are and going and obviously director's real good Spielberg so that kind of swung me for Minority Report but well, anyway did you say direct, direct, director's dead, dead good, good. dead good oh dead yeah I didn't kill him it's not lousy for oh, me like it's just oh. it's a, it's I told a you I'm a crier <laughs> well, okay Roy so the answer is talented Mr Ripley Oh, and the we were right why? with Ripley. Well, the director's dead. Anthony Minghella, isn't it? Yep. What was the mm-hmm. first line? Believe it or not. Ripley. 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 Oh, and okay. then Tom Ripley. And then Dick is, uh, what's his face? Isn't it? Dickie Greenwood. Uh, so Tom makes a dick of himself. Come back to Matt Damon, whose character is called Tom, but he disguises himself as Dick. So oh, there you go. Tubular. So high clues, easy. High clues, high clues. You can't even get the name no, right. No, I know. <laughs> this is a disaster. Okay. So uh, in terms of the listeners, everybody listening uh, at home, we do have another high clue for oh you. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shout out the, the answers for this The sheer panic on Rory's face. Oh okay. my gosh. So here, here are the three lines. Okay. okay. So it's oddly speaks master. Son wants paternity test. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lad, lad. He knows she loves him. Okay. So those three lines again. Oh, yeah, okay, you got it right. Fine, whatever. Um, so the three lines are Oddly speaks master. Son wants yeah. paternity test. He knows she loves him. So that's this week's high clue for episode two of the big review ski so yeah listen even just by entering even if you get the wrong answer we'll just give you the tickets anyway alright so Dan of Thieves it's going to be coming up right. 
Then they should. Well, that's a, yeah. Listen, that if you get it right, easy, though. then be the rules. Well, 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 we'll see. We'll see if people get it anyway. Uh, but fingers crossed. As we said, uh, please do get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at Big Reviewski, and you can also contact us uh, on WhatsApp. I'll just get that goddamn number. Just no nudie pics. No nudie, no nudie rudies, please. Oh eight seven four zero zero one one zero three. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for uh, this week's episode of the Big Review Ski. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Laura, Paul, Rory, mm-hmm. thanks for coming along and, and chatting. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, we'll see you next week. Up next week, as we said, we have Jared Butler on the show. We have Fifty Cent, not Fifty Cent. Yes. Uh, Pablo Schreiber. Yes, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Ice, Ice Cube son. Ice Cube son. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so Little Cube. <laughs> little Cube, little yeah, cube. exactly. So uh, please do join us next week. And uh, yeah, have a good week. We'll chat to you. Bye. 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 Bye.